Daily DVR Dives into Mindhunter is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Look good when you step out in the morning. Elevate your style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and save 20% on your order. No minimum. Use code DVR20. That's all you got to do. Use code DVR20 today and save 20% off your order. If you've got an event coming up, if you've got... If you just want to look good, go to cufflinks.com and they'll help you out. They've even got a blog over there that details how to get prepared for these big events and order everything for everyone. You know, that can be a hassle. Let cufflinks.com help you do that. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to Daily DVR Does Mindhunter. Today we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 2 directed by the man himself, David Fincher. If you want to check out what we do here at the DVR Podcast Alliance, just go to DVRpodcast.com. And if you like it and you want to hear more than just Mindhunter, you can check out and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com slash DVR. You can get podcasts daily about Tons of shows, topics, all kinds of stuff. And remember, you know, Westworld's coming out. So a little bit of that. And we got back catalogs of Watchmen, Game of Thrones, all kinds of good stuff. So check it out. And also, we could really use your help. Help, you say. Leave us an iTunes review. Yes, it just helps us get noticed more. So uh, you're on your phone. Just scroll down. It's really easy. Give us a nice star rating and, you know, take the time. Give us a sentence or two and let us know what you think of the podcast. So joining me, as always, Hunting Some Minds is my co-host and my wonderful muse, Mr. Axel Foley. Hey, Axel. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. This was quite an episode. I'm I'm really excited that we're back covering Mine Hunter, hunting those mines, getting down with holding intention. Man, this one was like I for you know, I know we both watched the second season when it originally came out, but these episodes are so dense and they keep you so captivated. I pick up so many new details and this episode, even though I saw it already, still had a host of surprises for me. Oh, yeah. And I think we can uh, safely say it's a Holt McNally episode. He is fantastic in this episode. His subtleties, the way he questions uh, the bright kid in the car and just different things, the way he handles the detective at the end. He just, he's really, oh, man, he just knocks it out of the park and it just really i think i think this is where i officially fall in love with uh bill tench aside from him wearing that blue shirt that i love <laughs> well speaking of love man there is just god there's just no love in this episode this episode really <laughs> shook me between btk getting deep into btk which surprised me you know like i'm like oh god we're on the trail you know this was great yeah and then the stuff with uh david berkowitz son of sam and the twist and turns of that conversation and the depth of the depravity and just i mean we've become so almost immune and it's so normal the way holton just kind of falls right in talking to these guys, and they just recognize him as one of the crew. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the DVR Podcasting Network. We're yeah. just one of the crew. But yeah, no, this, you know, we, last week we, we tackled episode one in kind of a topic way. We didn't go scene by scene. And, 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 and now you watch this episode and it's almost like you just go chronologically. The way this episode's set up, it's all tied in, except for the little thing at the end, which actually is tied into something in the episode. So it's it's all like it flows so well that it's it's like Axel. Do you feel this way? Where it's almost like Mindhunter. They have their structure, their feel, but like depending on what they're giving us, it, it's almost like these episodes are all its different movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like sometimes they're connected, but you know you know what I mean, Axel? Like it just seems like this is yet so similar to the first episode, but yet so different. I think that the great critic Alan Seppenwall, when the golden age of TV everyone started kind of recognizing that and the serialization, you know, with starting of course with our love of Lost. Um, that becoming so popular everywhere, people kind of question, when is something a chapter in a novel and when is it mm -hmm. a good episode of TV where you could just watch that episode? And man, I think you hit it right on the nail. It's like, even though the seasons work great and when we looked back at season one, besides those two episodes that should have kind of been one episode – I think it was five right. and six. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this show has the capability to give you just a complete, almost standalone. Like if this episode was called like on the trail of BTK, it could be like a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, everybody's talking about it at the Oscars and they're like, Oh my God, that BTK movie where all of a sudden they're talking to son of Sam. What was that was amazing, you know, and who, and <laughs> yeah. the acting and everything. You're absolutely right. They know how to do. They don't follow a formula. They, they let it flow almost like these killers and like Holton and Tench. They have a kind of a guideline, but then they, each thing is its own. Each episode is really its own beast. And, um, yeah, this episode could have been like, I mean, really in the end, what is it about 42 minutes, 43 minutes long, but yeah, something like that yeah, yeah, with, with credits. So it says it's 45, but I think with the credits, it's like 42 or 43 minutes. I almost feel like this, it was like a short film or, I mean, it feels even substantial enough compared to some films today to be a film just like. Going in the mind of the BTK through the son of the Sam. Yeah, and I like how that tied in and just with everything. And, you know, Axel, we get an, you know another cold open with BTK. So it's two in a row so far this season. And if you don't know what the season's about going in, you're like, is this whole season going to be about BTK? <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you, it's what we're feeling right now. But he's on the couch, and his wife gives him a kiss and his blanket. So I guess he's uh, has to sleep on the couch, Axel. But he also gets a, a a little surprise book or books from his wife, uh, based on uh, sexual deviancy. 
if you will. I guess how to prevent it or what. And it was almost like he was being scolded <laughs> for his bathroom actions last episode. It was, but it, it it interested me actually because on our Facebook page, Gail, on our last episode, I commented like maybe if BTK's wife was a little more open or so, and she she was like, I hope you're not blaming oh, his yes. wife for that. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. I was kind of just making trying to make like a thematic allusion to the overall idea of people accepting this new way of seeing not only like finding serial killers, but sexuality in people and how it kind of changes society. But here I am kind of proven wrong, which is that I don't know how much truth is base is this show is based on at certain aspects. And we'll talk a little bit about that when it comes to son of Sam. But I thought it was kind of cool, like, okay, she ran out of the room when her husband did that, and she didn't give him, like, it wasn't like, typically in these situations, you'd, she'd give him, like, the Bible, or like, you know, like, how to be celibate, or so, you know, like, it's so bad. No, she really gave him, a like, a psychiatric manual. Yeah. And it's like, that is make i don't i kind of try to stay out of investigating more in the real world of these cases because i kind of want mine hunter to tell me and i don't know how much truth there was but that's kind of interesting and kind of plays into btk's writing all the letters and everything and we still don't know what the time is because when we get to mm. the case of the B, of btk there it's already what seven years into or six or seven years into the case right yeah i think um 74 yeah is the first case they took us so but yeah about five years maybe because i think i mean based on what uh the detective uh the guy named i can't pronounce his last name so his first name is bernie the one that bill goes to visit uh mentions yeah it mentions i think uh Five years. Okay. We're talking about 74 and then five. Or, so it's like yeah. se- the end of 79 into 80 probably. Yeah, five, um, six years. Yeah, yeah. And he had been dormant since 77, when, and that's when uh, Holden started. Remember, remember we kind of had talked yeah. about that? And mm-hmm. He said he's been around about three years. So, yeah, it's like 79, 80. Um, yeah, so I still think that this – these cold opens are flashbacks. That's kind of what, yeah, I, that's I, where I'm at. I, yeah, I think it, I think it, it seems clearer this time, even though we know it takes place after the bathroom incident, uh, but it feels that way yeah. more and more. And I, I didn't feel that way watching it, you know, when we watched it re- in recent time. When, you, when we just binged it, now analyzing it and taking it all in a second time through, it feels that way. Uh, but before, one thing I do want to hit on, and because it, it's because you brought something up and it's gnawing at me, so I want to bring it up now. Is kind of one of the main themes of this show, Axel, which goes to show. I mean, if you know the the BTK lore. It, it takes a while <laughs> for them to catch him. Uh, so what I what I definitely do want to say is we had talked about how his wife, it, you know, is trying to almost like help him. Like, oh, he's just got a little sickness. He seems like a normal guy. 
uh, as Bright says, let on clean and, and and calm. And in this whole episode, they're trying to profile BTK, but as an audience, we know they're getting it all wrong. Yeah, it's and and we and we also know how long it takes to f- to get him. Yeah. So so it yeah. It, it, I think that there it's it's inter- it, yeah it's like I I do question that why that case is in the show and mm-hmm. I kind of you know it, it's a little frustrating because as we've talked about before and ha- and any you know any group podcast whatever anybody who's talking about Mindhunter always says like are they going to jump forward BTE right like we said it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But and this episode makes you feel like they're on the hunt, but you know that they'd have to pull like a Tarantino and change the past in order for this to have any resonance at all because they're they're 10 or 20 years from finding him. So it's 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 not possible, but it does give us as an audience I think Kind of like that, um, it gives the show more of a feeling of permanence because you know that you're seeing the seeds of something that that is going to blossom. That's the blossoming you're seeing, the actual casework, not maybe particularly them catching someone. And mm-hmm. and for me, that kind of uh, I don't know how to describe it. it. It like it gives the show a certain confidence. It's like we're not going to figure this out by the end of the episode, and you know that, but we're going to show it to you anyway. Yeah. yeah, and I like that, Axel. At first, I was like, I'm in the same boat. How are they going to do this? But you know what? It's almost I'm not going to say it's the B storyline, but it does take a back seat. Yeah, when other cases come up, but it's almost you're going to get up to date stuff that they solve, along with the interviews and how it relates to BTK. Because technically, well, I guess aside from Zodiac, Jack the Ripper, it's I mean it's one of the biggest uh, cases, you know, the Golden State uh, killer, um, and so it's I find it okay that we're we're not we're seeing the evolution of it maybe how they dive into it how at the beginning of this profiling they knew but they didn't and now that they're getting involved and then becoming more prominent in the FBI we're seeing the evolution of this whole trail of catching him eventually uh but i think we're just going to we may see decades or years of them being dumbfounded by it, maybe how <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I, I mean, it's a simple way to put it, I, I guess. But like, just in this episode alone, there's so much that has gone into it. The way you know, Bill is trying to figure out this guy and who he is, and then Holden comes in and they profile. We know the profile is probably wrong, but it, it's interesting. And then how it ties in with people they're interviewing. So. Um, yeah, it, at first I was frustrated because I'm like, are they, like you said, are they going to do a Tarantino and rewrite history? I don't believe Fincher will do that. No. I think we're just going to see 
how you know it may be to a point Axel where you know next season say they do Green River the Green River uh, murderer and then all of a sudden we don't talk about BTK at all and then we get a cold open with him mailing a letter again <laughs> you know I don't know so and that's the thing if it is flashback I mean there's there's you could go on for seasons with this they could do I mean you know. In today's day and age, with the way streaming is and the budgets that Netflix has and the relationship they have with Fincher, he can do whatever he wants. And I, I mean, I think I, I think last episode I proposed that like Mindhunter ends and he does like the BTK movie, and it's like with the same yeah. dude, and it keeps on. I mean, it, but they could. Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I was just gonna say. I wouldn't be surprised and say season four of Mindhunter, they introduce a new character, an FBI profile, maybe someone younger, and then we even follow him later on after Bill and Holden retire, maybe down, consults man. them at an older age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Kind of like great. True Detective we, you had mentioned last episode. I wouldn't be surprised you know, if they were to do something like that. And then like maybe we get a season of the new guy and then – by the time they catch him in the next season, we see an older Holden and, you know, who knows? Well, again, the way the the way the industry is now in the same way that we're – well, I say in an opposite way that now we're waiting for like the next season. It's like a two-year wait between seasons. Netflix could all of a sudden go, hey, we're doing seasons four, five, and six, and they're coming out, you know, once a year. We're guaranteeing it. And they're really and they really put the show into production and maybe Fincher hands it off a little bit more because I mm-hmm. think he's pretty hands on with this show. Um, this episode is directed by him too, and there's only eight episodes this season as opposed to or is it eight or nine? God, I, I can I always I always yeah, forget. So do I. I think it's nine. Okay. I think it's nine. Yeah, but- I can look. I have it on Netflix right now. It is. It's nine. So it's there's one less episode, um, but he directed. I think he direct. He ended up directing four of these again. So that's you know, that's been what he's been doing. I, I mean, I'm all down, and let, and also if they never do anything with it, I still like the idea that BTK represents the killer that got away. That no matter how much evidence they had letters mm-hmm. communication I, I mean tons of it they just couldn't catch them and i kind of yeah, like it, that it, yeah me me too and you know believe me and i've said this i love my law and orders and they wrap it up in one episode i'm okay with especially with the reality of it i mean it wasn't like they just made up this killer and then they're just messing with us uh, fictionally this is based on the real BTK and the real history of it. So I'm fine with how it affects them doing other cases and how it affects their lives that they can't catch him or they can't yeah. figure out yep. that it's some normal dude. Well, he's not normal, but you know what I mean, uh, perspective-wise. But some um, of this stuff so, – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please. I was just going to say that you were saying that the profile – ends up not being correct but some of it there you know some of the questions they're asking from what i know and just of what we see there is a correlation um 
that and little things that they're able to pick up that you can see the way their exploration of the case is valuable and is adding something to kind of looking into it, you know? And I, I think I like the way that the people that they encounter and Bernie, uh, are very open to them. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. like last season in the beginning when the people would like be kind of, it's almost secretly talking to them. And then when they started doing their mm -hmm. killer speak, the people would be like, Oh, you're nuts. Oh, what do you, you know, like, Oh my God, do you hear the way he's talking? It seems now in this short period of time, this three years or so that, People are opening up to them and looking at, at them, Holton and Tench and their behavioral sciences unit as a really strong resource that is kind of upper echelon, not in the basement. Yeah, and and the, their their preliminary profile of BTK, I mean, they're doing everything right based on their knowledge and what they it's just the fact that they're like, Oh, you can't hold down a job. Yeah. How does, um, you know, he, how does do he get this? all these hours? Yeah. And I'm yeah, all these hours I'm like, of trolling. You guys, uh, I'm think, I'm sitting there watching Netflix at you know two o'clock in the morning, going, man, one of the things you didn't know about was going to be the internet. Like you wonder how many hours a motherfucker has in a day. Wait till the internet <laughs> comes around. You're going to figure it out. People got a lot of time. Like yes, yeah. he can hold down a job put his kids to sleep and then go out hunting for four or five hours a night and then be up. You know what I mean? Like it's it, that part interest. I'm glad you brought that up because it's like, even they needed to widen their perception. Yes. Because not, 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 I mean, think about all the, the killers they've dealt with. I don't think any of them have been family mans and have had a marriage. This is, this is what makes him hard one of the reasons he's hard to get yeah um and of, and of course you know what, what amazes me too how he's so calm through everything even when he, he you know he goes to like the otero household and he's not expecting the father to be there and and, and the son and, oh. and and he just was expecting a petite woman and you know and but he didn't panic and he still you know he made some mistakes but he said that that Boggles my mind, which gets to Bill going to Wichita, Kansas, uh, meeting the detectives, first name Bernie, uh, and they basically going through the the old crime scenes, and they start at the Otero crime scene. And I remember, it's funny, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I actually saw, and it was, it might still be on Netflix. There's a documentary that is based on, I believe, the surviving one of the surviving kids, one or two. And they talk about the murders and stuff and how his life is, I believe, in New Mexico. And it, it, it's just interesting. That's when I first really learned it. You know, years ago I saw it. But, you know, going through that crime scene, you know, it's funny, Axel. When they're going through the crime scene, I'm thinking of one of my other probably all-time favorite uh, detectives going to a crime scene is uh, Bunk and McNulty in The Wire. Yeah. When they just they say one word over and over yep. to explain the scene as they're going through the scene and it, it had that same feel but so much more darker of of course. But the way uh Bill goes in and he's you know even down to when they're driving in the car and he's like 
talking to Bernie. He's like, well, you know, you know, Bernie's like, well, we've been to those crime scenes. He goes, yeah, but I want to put the uh, the pictures to the the reality of it. And he has such a way, and it's dating back to season one when he's dealing with the road school and talking mm-hmm. to these offices or detectives, not to step on their toes. He has a way of being not being like we're the FBI and I don't care. We're doing what I want to do. He presents it in a way like, yeah, you know, you're right, but I just need to put context into this. He has this soft voice that we've mentioned before where he just, man, he's like that man's man, but also can just relate to anyone. And he does it in such a great way that uh, it just still amazes me rewatching this episode. Yeah, this it really is a tense episode. And the, when they enter the house... And as they're walking around, not only is he so kind of soft with everything, you know, like he's looking through the pictures and, you know, as an actor, the way even, you know, you, your the physicality of touching objects and the way you do it communicates to the audience, just the way they're walking through and it's solemn and very spooky the way it's lit there's even a part when Mm -hmm. when bernie goes and he pulls the shade down and he kind of lets it rip back up to like let light in and even after doing that it's still dark (laughs) it's like nothing can bring light again to this space right like beat like they keep on talking about that during this trip like women women and men are hiding after this guy, he got out of town after it happened, right? Um, people mm-hmm. are leaving in droves. The whole city is in a panic. And the whole thing is shot like that. It's there's The angles are very low. The camera's like hovering above the ground, almost where the bodies would be have been found, as though you're seeing it from their angle. The whole thing, the way it's shot, the bar scene when they're sitting and talking to each other, uh, the angles. And, and I how love dark the rainy night. Yeah. Oh man, the, a, a, a more great music. Rain. This is just. Yeah. For, oh my god, I'm sorry. I was in a different mood, but um, yeah. This this whole scene, and they really do capture that idea that. Of of what Holden and Tench, and then they later talk about it, are getting, and especially Wendy, are getting into more and more of the idea of the serial killer wanting or needing notoriety and attention from the public mm-hmm. and from law enforcement and the media, especially. And uh, it really shows the way that this is like a different thing that they're studying, right? Cause they're not just studying people who like to kill people or somebody who killed someone in, in the heat of love or whatever jealousy. This is like, they're going after, they're hunting the hunters. They're mind hunting. Yeah. Taking a little break to remind you of our presenting sponsor. 
cufflinks.com. You know, sometimes I just go over to cufflinks.com, I look at their awesome products, and I say to myself, how lucky I am to have this amazing sponsor. They've got the coolest stuff over there. Man, I just, you know what they sent me, and I'm going to be giving these away, some popcorn cufflinks. Listen to all our podcasts at dvrpodcast.com to find out how, but they've got awesome stuff over there. So go to cufflinks.com slash DVR and use code DVR20. They've got socks, ties, cufflinks, money clips, tie clips, so much cool stuff, uh, even like pocket squares, just any way to kind of make you look good. Those little touches always help. Don't forget the little details, baby, because cufflinks.com's got them for you. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. So when they're at the Otero house, it, okay, it's during the day, the lawn hasn't been cut, it's, it's a crime scene. And the way, like you said, it's lit, and the way, like, it feels like a crime scene. It's not just some drab, okay, we're in a house. The way it's lit, the way it's structured um, visually, you, I almost feel like BTK's going to jump out of a closet at any time, yes. you know? Yep. It's just, it, 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 it's done in such a way where it, it, it's so creepy and you know when they talk about how the detectives went back to the house to to, to, to see if btk would show up you know they spent yeah. nights in that house which man talk about ghosts you know oh god and then they brought the psychic and then once dawn came the psychic was like i'm out of here yeah yeah it and is be- it is desperation for them to admit that and that you see that that's an interesting point. Last season, there were two instances I remember where they were approached. I think it was the one with the woman and the child, and then it ended. And then perhaps was it the old lady and the was it the dog killer one too, where mm-hmm. they the person mentions that you know they they talked like. Somebody even said this and we listened to him and they were crazy or they mentioned going to a psychic or listening to uh, the old man or something. I can't remember what it was. It just goes to show that these cases are so mind boggling and hard for people to even comprehend having happened that when by the time Holden and Tench get involved, it's just the people are kind of at their wits end. You know, and it just, yeah. it's kind of, it, it, it lends a stress and a gravity to even tense just going out there to talk because it gets people a little bit maybe both excited that maybe they're going to figure it out, but also scared that they're bringing it up again. It's like bad juju, you know, they're like, we don't want yeah. your vibes around us. And that's why I think it was really cool to see this whole thing just be tense. From um, going there and visiting the house to the bar to to uh, interviewing the guy who got shot by BTK and got away, it's like a it's just a tent show, and that's the first twenty minutes of a forty two minute episode is pretty yeah, much yeah. just all tench. I also want to point out the way that they shoot him going through the house. There's an interesting technique that Fincher uses where when he's looking through the photos, it flashes to him on the flight 
looking at the photos. Yeah, looking at them as well. Right? And it's like, you think, um, when I saw that, I was like, okay, are we go? is he leaving already? But no, then he's at right, the bar. Yeah. And then it's like, why did they do that? And I think that it communicates like a, a loss of time that almost this place, this house that they're in, and Fincher likes this idea too because he used it in um, mm. uh, the uh, what's oh, what's the 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 movie he did with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh, Zodiac! Of course, Zodiac. Um, he used a con- this idea in Zodiac too of like this almost like um, kind of metaphysical loss of reality and time and space that murder and this type of investigation can cause a person to experience. And it's like Mm. Tench is experiencing that like this house. It's almost like the haunting of Hill house. Like it exists outside. It's a place of evil. And I love, I just, it, it added such a weird feeling to it. And I had to go back and rewatch. I was like, why did it, why did he flash to him on the plane? Because he doesn't even go back there because when he goes home, it goes right from a shot of the car in the, the truck in the lot after, after the interview to tension his house. Yeah. So he doesn't even go back to that plane shot again. And then I was like, well, maybe that was him arriving. That was the flight out, but it, but I don't think it was. I think there was a there because it's they sh- the, the show starts off with him getting to the airport and he looks like he's wearing a different shirt. So I don't know. I was just kind of like it was just very interesting to me, and I mm-hmm. guess that's what I kind of landed upon that he was trying to communicate that this home now existed almost in like in all. It's like the 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 um the pinhead dimension from Hellraiser, you know, like <laughs> something weird, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the interview in the car. What did you think about? Yeah. That, that it, it, it is one. It's one of those scenes that I just, I lost all grips on reality while I'm watching oh. the scene. And I felt like I was in that car and the Me way too. that Holden's not, I mean, uh, Bill's not allowed to look at, um, I believe his name's Kevin. I know his last, the Kathy Bright's brother. Um, he, the and, and the way you get the reaction of Tench when he's asking questions, when he hears answers and he closes his eyes and he knows this is hard questioning and you get the, the out of focus uh, Bright brother in the back seat and then it'll cut to Bernie and his reactions. It, it's just a masterful way to shoot this scene because how many times have we seen like uh, informants go into a car and shows and it's shot I mean it's just shot the, the proper way if you will and, and 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 you know perspectives and coverage and all that but this the way it's shot it makes it so interesting and you like almost want to like I found myself like okay the kid's been shot three times are we going to see his face? How bad is it now? Did he have surgery to correct it? But you don't you get enough. And his voice is very, oh, man, Axel. Crack it. Yeah, that's a great scene. performance. It's, you know, as an actor, 
wouldn't you don't you think the guy was like damn i do my best acting and they can't even see my face <laughs> <laughs> you know i wonder and i was thinking about this watching the scene last night or at one in the morning um you know it, it is very possible that the 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 voice of the character isn't the actor yeah. playing him physically i i that's it may not be true but i had that feeling like they just used someone physically and they did the voice yeah i wouldn't uh, disagree with, with that and that adds a sort of creepy dissonance to it too and that's something yeah. that's done more you i mean you know that's something that's done more than mm-hmm. people realize um, I just did it. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't me talking. I know we're That's doing it on the podcast right now. <laughs> you should see me. I'm a walrus. Um, I, I love <laughs> that idea. Too. Yeah, the whole thing. You only for the entire scene. You don't leave once you're in the truck. You don't leave the truck save for one shot. That's of close up from outside looking through the window at Kevin. And you still can't see his face. They're on this parking deck, but it overlooks the city, giving you that sense of gravity. Again, that they're talking about how BTK has put a shadow on the city and literally you are seeing it as they're talking about it. You Mm -hmm. uh, Tench can't look at him, but Bernie can. He's allowed to look back at him. And kind of talk to him, but Tench never looks back at him. The way he questions him and asks him, now I have a, did at any time you notice he had an erection? <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? Yeah. What? And Bernie's yeah. like, yo, homie. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, even the way he said it though, it was, it was cop-like, like how we didn't even mention how the whole thing starts out where he's like, where he meets him at the airport and the guy's like, yeah, my son says I look like a cop and, and Tench is like, don't we all? And I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do look like cops. But um, yeah, this whole thing is great, man. And the train sounds too. That you hear throughout the whole thing, the outside, and then this train getting louder and louder and screeching. And it it was such a, I mean, it was just such an efficient use. Again, like a little short film, this show is incredible. Um, The music, everything was great. And And not only that, but we learn more about BTK, about how he learned, right? About what his focus is. Bill asks relevant questions that are that even lead him to finally kind of figuring out it's BTK, isn't it? It is BTK, right? And he has like that yeah. realization and the fear that they're even it's like Voldemort that they even speak his name shows the power that that serial killer is looking for and how Holden had tapped into that. And even though Holden's mm-hmm. not there, it's almost like he is. Yeah. And moment. it's just, yeah. And I mean, just the way I, again, I cannot express how much like the subtleties of Tench, you know, even when he, he asked the erection question and, and he or he gets a certain answer and he knows it's a t- and he like closes his eyes and he he's like takes a deep breath himself almost like 
listen, I know this is uncomfortable, but I have to ask it. And he just really, uh, he just, he has this tone with him where I, he gets a lot more out of him than I think another detective would have. Or another, I mean, I don't mean necessarily, I mean, he's a pro, not a detective, a profiler, but y- you know what I mean? Yeah. He's an agent. It's it just like, you know, most people be like, all right, come on, you know, and, and a little more rougher or just like, I need, I need answers. And Bill's just like, I'm taking my time. Even the time he goes, okay, that's important. We'll come back to that. You know, the thing yeah. about placing the pillow under his head, yep. which I don't think they ever do because he kind of storms out. Well, not storms out, but he's done. Uh, when he finds out it's BTK because of the watch, uh, that the same one that the Otero, one of the Otero, the father had. So yes, interesting. He picks uh, up on that. Man. Yep. And even when the kid leaves and he's going one way and then he decides to change his direction. You notice that in the parking structure? Like, just he's just so frightened yep. that he's going to, BTK is going to find him. It, oh, that just, yeah, they really accomplished that feeling of they entered almost like a war zone, you know, and <laughs> and it's just yeah. the shadows everywhere. And then even when Bill gets home, like I said, we cut from like a wide of the truck. We go from interior interior to a, a real wide shot. There, you kind of see the city. He's at home. He finds his wife sleeping with his son not in their bed and he's like wakes them up to ask her did you leave the back door unlocked yeah like he's freaked out you know like btk it's like it's coming into his home you know since you touch upon that axel because that definitely felt i got that as well but tying it up with the the last part Mm -hmm. where um Detective Spencer comes in, and the actor who plays Detective Spencer, he comes in my bar a lot. Uh, good dude. Really good dude. He was also He's also on the show Mom. Really good nice. actor. Um, been in a ton of stuff. Anyway, he um, – so we find a, a, a dead body in Nancy's real estate list, uh, listing, and, you know, he's asking – you know, did you, you know, who has access? And then they mentioned like all the doors were locked. And then I'm thinking, I, I think Bill might have even uh, made an expression. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that she didn't lock the door at the home and maybe she didn't unlock the door at the real estate listing? I, like, yeah, she's I this mean, issue? we're obviously, this is going to, and we're, we won't talk too much about it because we go episode by episode, but this is going to become right. something important in this season. And I, I didn't initially pick that up, but as you're mentioning it, that is a great pickup there, man. And it's, you know, it's what it, what was let in the home, right? Who left the door open for this to happen? And, um, just also the way that Bill is always seems to kind of, he is, even though, their relationship has been strained as we saw in the first season. Um, but Bill has seems to have definite ideas about the kind of the way things should be. And she seems to be willing to kind of move that a little bit more, try something different. I mean, you know, she wanted him to talk to someone. She want, she, she's always trying 
And uh, I think that it, it did bring up kind of a lot of thoughts about their relationship. But that's a good pickup, man. That That's what he's scared about. And then we come to the end of the episode and, hmm, did she leave the door open? We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I can't even, re- honestly, and I can't even remember if it has anything to do with the future episodes. But I just, I remember that in, in first watching it, you know, earlier this year thinking the same thing and it just i was like oh yeah and then i think i could have sworn i saw bill kind of react like like he was thinking the same thing i was because me and bill are on the same page heck we share shirts um so so when when uh bill goes back to the fbi goes back and a holden comes in and they kind of do a uh the pro kind of a profile of btk yeah yeah it's so good and they really um come up with the the whole thing with um you know the btk looks like he's a fan of these serial killers and you know does he want fame you know seeing what we've seen of btk in this show and the cold opens and different scenes i i I didn't get that sense he wanted fame but then as they're as they talk about how many letters he sends sends uh then you're like, oh yeah, I guess so. He just didn't seem like it, like when we see him. Yeah. But yeah, I guess with the letters and everything, I guess that's what he really wants. And of course, creating a, a symbol. <laughs> uh, is that a boob? It's not Prince, but <laughs> yeah, it's not. Is that a boob? That's the same thing I was thinking. No, it's a beat. That's what but I, I was thinking. To... The same thing as Berkowitz. <laughs> Dude, that's why the Berkowitz part really kind of threw me, since I'm from Jersey. And like, as soon as he starts talking, I'm like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah right. Like, what the records were? Like, exactly. I was like, I met so many of these guys. It's a little creepy dude. Um, that yeah, the, when they uh, that that idea that you have that he doesn't seem like he wants to be famous. You know, Heath, that that that's one of the reasons why I think those are flashbacks too. Because I think like his wife finding him out. It was a horrible, mm-hmm. scary thing, but it was also a turn on, right? Because there's yeah. this idea that they're starting to formulate that they all these criminals want to be caught, not. And then in these case, and, th- and that's like a thing that everyone says, like you know, the guilty want to be their their sins to be exposed or whatever, right, or forgiven. But in this case, they just they don't want to be caught. They want to be known. And they want that fear to spread. And he is influenced by others like Berkowitz. And that's how they make the, that's why I think it was so kind of interesting how they're sitting there having that conversation about BTK, breaking it down. Um, and once Holden starts talking, he's just so fascinated, you know, and they have the whole, uh, whole conversation about the jobs, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But then it's that symbol that allows them to connect it to Berkowitz. And then Holden's like, yeah, we need to interview. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to Berkowitz. uh, Yeah. It's like, okay. The waiting list. He wants to be famous. He caught He he copied his symbol. And even during the interview with Berkowitz, he, they call BTK the copycat. Mm. He keeps on calling him. Did the copycat do that? Did the copycat do that? And you you know 
that BTK was not really he was not copycatting some of son of Sam. He wasn't running up to cars and shooting the you know. Um so it was interesting that you see the way the internal machinations of this behavioral science unit is changing. And then when Wendy gets involved and she's kind of like, that's what we're doing now. We're just going off and yeah. interviewing people. And then, and then Tench looks at her and goes, yeah, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Change the flights, Greg. Yeah. And Tench is like, yes, I like the way that okay. Tench just went for it. Right. Like Tench, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of the FBI training in him, right? Like he know he's got new orders. Those orders are to kind of watch out for Holden, keep them in check, get the job done, and you know give give Holden what he wants. Follow these leads, and so that's what he does. And Wendy's kind of like arguing with them. He's not really a killer like that, you know. He just went up and shot mm-hmm. people and Holden's like, no, he shot on the other side. Like, so it's interesting the way they kind of flip it into talking to son of Sam. How did you feel about that? Did you feel because I had, there was a tinge. I remember when I first saw this, that I don't like saying it, but I kind of felt like maybe the show just kind of wanted to get son of Sam in here. But I also kind of feel like it totally makes sense because that's what Holden that's that is part of their duty is to kind of go with what Holden feels is going to lead them in the right direction. All right. So, yeah, I I mean, I've the only son of Sam other than, you know, hearing about it and, you know, the demons and the dog neighbor's dog was speaking to him. The only real, I guess. Visually, aside from his picture in the paper, uh, that I have is from the movie Son of Sam, the the uh, uh, Spike Lee movie, and then the Bronx is Burning, <laughs> uh, that series on ESPN about the 77 uh, Yankees, yeah. and then about that summer, Summer of Sam. So I don't, I didn't, I don't know a lot about Berkowitz, uh, just with. You know, through movies and a couple, you know, I've never watched a documentary or anything on them. Uh, yeah, the first time I saw it, I can remember it felt like almost like he was a little too dramatized, a little too like a caricature of <laughs> yeah, Berkowitz. I could see that. Like yeah. it just felt that it feels it that goes, way. Because it jumps right in. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's like, here's the shot. Here he is, everybody. But at the same time, watching it now with the BTK tie-ins and worrying about if Holden's going to have an ex- a panic attack and how when he, the way Holden is, like I, I, I suffer from pa- uh, anxiety and all that, and I, I could feel like I know that moment when you're in a somewhere and you feel it coming on. And you're just like, oh, please just pass. Please just pass. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then w- once he distracts his mind and he starts getting into it, it goes away. And that happens uh, happens to me a lot. Uh, not so much these days, but like in my past. And so I was focused on that. I was focused on Bill's reactions. 
And then really seeing how Berkowitz played off the things Holden was saying. And I, I, I was into it a lot more. But the Son of Sam thing isn't as close to me as it would be for you being you know, from that area. So, um, no, I, I, I mean, I thought it was good. I, yeah, how they, they – I thought it fit well in this episode. Whether or not in real life it really did, I don't – that I don't know. Uh, but every time I see Attica, New York, I want to watch that movie, Attica. But it's, like, hard to find. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> um, Attica. 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 Uh, you know, I did, having grown up in uh, Jersey and in and outside of Manhattan, I well knew Son of Sam. I mean, I was... I think it was what it took place. It took, this is he took place in seventy seven too, right? Um, yeah, he was seventy seven. So this is a couple years later. Yep, I, I was like three years old, but I can remember my mom talking about it that even women in like New Jersey were scared, um, and he really did scare the entire city for a summer. And mm-hmm. you know, New York is a crazy place, and you have something like that. It just sparks a lot of other crazy things to kind of just kind of gives a sense to the whole city. And uh, his story is interesting because like Charles Manson, you don't see that immediate connection because he didn't, it, it wasn't like he, there was no, he was shooting. He was going up to cars at like lover's lanes and predominantly, like Holden said, shooting the passenger side where he thought the woman would be. But he was mm-hmm. not – there was no rape involved. There was no – it wasn't like BTK. It wasn't like the – it wasn't like Kemper, right, where there's a physicality to it, a dominance of the subject. It was just like – it was like a bull rush, like kind of like – he's like the Mike Tyson of serial killers, Right? Like, yeah. there's no yeah. finesse. Pretty much. It's just like, bam, like, kill them. Power. And, yeah. Yeah. And, but it kind of symbolizes New York, right? Like, and that gun violence was uh, so prevalent at that point um, uh, in, the, in Manhattan in particular. Um, I found this, I understand what you mean. It's also because of the casting and the makeup. Like, he looks so much like him, and he's mm-hmm. such a kind of a crazy looking dude. But man, what a sequence this is. And it's like, I look at it, it's nine minutes long and it seems like it's way longer, but then it also seems like it's shorter, which is like always kind of the mark of a good filmmaking. Um, And the way that they, you're right, that Holden part where he's getting a little, it's getting a little too much, right? And he has to kind of... um, kind of take control of it. And it's interesting the way Tench allows Holden to get through his anxiety by taking control of the interview and steering it. And he doesn't try to interfere. And maybe that's because of the conversation he had with Wendy earlier in the episode where she kind of says, did you know that Holden was in a psychiatry? He's like, I picked him up, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she kind of yeah. said, but she kind of imparts her knowledge to Tench, which like he has to notice it and work through it. 
You can support mm-hmm. him. Um, and besides Wendy getting almost getting busy, which that was an awesome scene too. Um, but uh, the Berkowitz thing, the way Holden turns it, and and there's an article that I'll put in the show notes. And I didn't know whether this was real or not. And then I looked it up after, and it it, it is actually true that Berkowitz later recanted all of that stuff and did admit that he just kind of made all this up because he thought that's what people would want to hear or that this like it doesn't that's the weird thing about it is even as you're watching it maybe no one had ever maybe the idea of the show is that it took someone like Holden and Tench and this team to kind of talk to him about it for even Berkowitz to kind of sit there and understand. Cause the way Holden says it to him, it's like, why are you even like, what's the point in even lying about this? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what does it Book matter? Rights and watching the exorcist. Yeah. Like you always was like, Oh, you watch, you do watch the exorcist, right? Who didn't see that movie? Well, it just seems like you came up with this stuff after that. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he, yeah. just, he just kind of lays it out to him, and he's not aggressive. He's just like, come on, man. And um, I, it made me think that too because don't you think about it? It just shows the pathology that he's some – he'll admit to the – he'll admit that he killed all these people. He'll go to jail. He knows he's going to jail. But he has to create this story that the dog, Sam, you know, told him to do it or that the wall was taught. It's like, why does that stuff even matter? And it's just it takes someone like Holden to understand the pathology of even why that's important to him. And it has to do with that notoriety, right? And the, and kind of like controlling the narrative, which is something that BTK was obsessed with as well. Yeah, and he'd go back to the crime scenes, but he wouldn't masturbate at the crime scene. He'd go home and masturbate because, you know, it's just like it, it was just so like he's so like anti. No, uh, you know, sex and violence it's separate, but it's not the way he explained. It's uh, in yeah. your. I mean, it, yeah. I mean to him, to him, he thinks it isn't, but it really is. I mean, he's rolling around in the freaking dirt or whatever. I'm like, what are you a dog? Hey, there's a dog parallel, but uh. Yeah, no, the you know the way you know the way Holden's so matter of fact is like, come on, like you said, he's like, come on, dude, listen, this is why you did this, this is why you did this, you don't, you know, and, and, and so I, yeah, I didn't know either, Axel, that if this, I, I assumed because Fincher's behind this that they weren't going to stretch the truth, but I had no idea he recanted everything. Like I just, I, you know, I'm not as versed in, in into Son of Sam uh, later on. But that that was very interesting. So I'm glad to know that's actually did really happen. Yeah, it was it was interesting to me as well, and it just goes to show you that it worked, right? Like people mm-hmm. like people still call him Son of Sam, and I there's a little bit more in that article that he not only did he recant, but I think that he. Uh, kind of had his proverbial come to Jesus moment and became Christian, uh, but he claims to be a Christian and now called himself like the son of light or something, right? Like, so it goes, is he to, still alive? I, I think he is. 
I think he is alive. Oh, wow. I'm not sure. I got to look that up. That's interesting. We're like, yeah, we're the TV side of the true crime podcasting, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, it that part interested me too because it just goes to show you that it's like he didn't recant and become David Berkowitz. He recanted and became the son of light. Like he still has to be. <laughs> like, yeah. He still has to have some fame, like the mask, you know, he That's still has dude. to be, has to live that, that kind of uh, extraneous life. Um, and I think that the cool part too, is when they get back from the interview, there's the brief point where they kind of decompress with Wendy and mm-hmm. I love the way that Wendy, upon hearing them, because we kind of jump right in there talking, she's so open to the fact kind of that she was wrong and that this yeah. is very interesting and that they did bring back a, a wow. She's like, oh, that. Oh, OK. Well, we need to n- find a new classification. And I was just like, damn, man, that's why this show is great because – and I, that's why I kind of, in a sense, too, would forgive them to, for kind of sandwiching Son of Sam in with BTK. You know, like, maybe it did happen like that. And people listening are like, no, actually, you're a dummy. That's exactly, that's real life. But the fact that they don't go for, they write a character like Wendy, who they're able to have this conversation about Holden while she's kind of... uh having this experience with the woman at the bar who we'll, we'll see again. Um, but then when we come back here, they don't have her like create an extraneous drama about like, Oh, though, how did it go? Blah, blah. No, they're just, yeah, they're go. She is learning from what they did and they're moving on. And I thought that that was a great scene. And you see also in this episode too, the way Greg's role has been diminished considerably. Oh yeah, he's like. It's funny because they haven't. Yeah, they they kind of put it to bed about him being the snitch, but at the same time, through little subtleties, like change the plane tickets, buddy. Like it's like yeah, they kind of just. Um and and because, and then uh, Holden's iron was that Bill's old office, right? Because he moved down the hall when they got the new setup. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is Holden like? Hmm. I think I need an office instead of being out in the open. Yeah, I just found it interesting. Well, I think that that is like a, a place of his own, right? Yeah. Like kind of. Um, and if you notice the the cards from Kemper are still up there mm, in the office. Yeah, I like the new office. It, it's like kind of has more meeting rooms, a little more open, but um. The basement, you know, the basement will always have its charm. And what's interesting, too, uh, was when when uh, Wendy, after the debrief, and Wendy, you know, asked Bill to stick around for a second and how'd it go with Hold and everything. He goes, no, he's back. I believe he's back. And it's just like you believe him. You're like, you hope he's back. But, like, Bill really believes that. Or does he not? You know, he's just getting her off. I think he really does believe him uh, that he is back. Well, um, or at least wants to. I mean, don't you think part of the show, too, is that a guy like Bill has to believe that a man can just bounce back from that? Like, 
or yeah, else he's broken. Yep. You know? Right. So um right. that's kind of, I like that little point too. Yeah, we get that kind of everybody clearing out, but holding like always kind of the last to go. And then I think that is kind of interesting the way he like takes Bill's office. What does that say too that I'm thinking about it now? Yeah, I know you mentioned hmm. a little yeah. bit more, but like he kind of looks around at Bill's office and then we get then that's when we cut to um the doorbell ringing and uh us finding out that somebody has died at uh at Nancy's rental house or Nancy's yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know we get get that conversation, and you know the detectives was really, oh man, he's he's struggling because uh, he had, you know he had to notify the next of kin, and uh, it's just you know again the way Bill handled it, you know anything you need, uh, we need her shoes, can I drop them by tomorrow? Like he just is so good, and I love how he flashes his badge like some random dudes come into the house, and I'm like at first I was like, is he really a detective or is he you know. <laughs> Is he some sort of Fredericksburg serial killer? And then I love when, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the measuring stick comes out and Bill subtly p- pulls his FBI badge out. Um, and I love I love a little tusk by Fleetwood Mac to end the episode as they walk off to bed holding hands. I know, man. Great music. Yeah, there was a lot of great music in this episode, in this scene. You're absolutely right. Um, the guy playing the detective, he has such like a kind of a young face too. And mm-hmm. uh, against Bill standing there strong with his with his big old buffoont hair, buffont, what do they call it? <laughs> his built his built tench gray military cut. And yeah, he takes over that too. It's and it's really interesting because um, right away in this scene, I remember we were talking last season when Holden came over and visited their house and was playing with their son, Brian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Holden like got right down on the floor with him and was kind of talking to him gently showing a side of himself that really, you know, you don't see because when Holden's talking gently, it's usually to someone that's like a murderer. Um, But Tench was kind of gruff. And even in the opening scene of our first episode this season, outside of the church, when he's like, you know, rough, come on, he could use some rough, right? But he's so gentle to the cop and he's so gentle to this detective but he doesn't seem to be that gentle to his own son. And it's kind of like that disconnect here um, between how yeah. he's dealing with each place he's at. Like if he has too much emotion at home, it's almost as if like Holden, he'll break down. He can't let it all in. He has to kind of have a wall yeah. and, and, right. and actually being, sensitive on the job is in a sense his wall right because uh Mm -hmm. it kind of like guards against him like being so angry and not being able to get his job done but it's like he needs to kind of learn on the other side too 
So uh, this this ep- this kind of him being so gentle in this moment in his own home when another detective was there is really interesting because we've also seen him go to other people's places, right? And kind of not get such a great response, not like he's getting now initially when they went out. Sometimes people were not giving them a warm welcome, you know, and you have that, yeah. that, can, uh, that old jurus my diction type of thing. Well, there you go. Yeah, baby. What an episode. What an episode. Yeah, no, it was a good one. Look forward to episode three. And remember, you can uh, check us out, dvrpodcast.com, or go to uh, patreon.com slash DVR and leave us an iTunes review. And I would say, like, leave a review on Google Play or wherever you get your podcast. But if you're listening to it, you're already getting your podcast. So who am I to tell you where to go to get your podcast? Right, Axel? That's right. Let them be free, baby. All right. So, Axel, why don't you uh, take us out there, buddy? Another episode in the books. Another episode in the books. Looking forward to getting deeper into this hunting of minds, seeing where this is going. Man, each episode, like you said, is like a movie, and I'm really happy to be on this journey with you solo. And everyone out there, thanks for downloading and listening. Until next time, peace out.